Hello, it's the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We are Rochelle and Carter, mm-hmm. weekly talking about what we're going through spiritually and maybe in our quiet times. Well, and sometimes we we start off by not saying anything that we talk about in our quiet times. Like, just, you know... Segway! <laughs> sometimes we just talk about how old you are, how, how old you can gauge you are based on... Okay. The young people of today. Okay, go ahead. And who Ethan Hawke is to them. Yeah. Now, you're like, Ethan Hawke, that's a very specific choice, but it's because I saw this article. So Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman have this a, a lovely daughter. She yeah. plays this character on Stranger on Things. Stranger Things, that's right, yeah. And she's one of the main characters. Well, all the <laughs> this new generation, this newer generation is just used to their daughter now. And they found out... <gasps> She's the daughter of the guy from Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight, the brand new show. So he's, yeah, he's the villain on Moon Knight. And I thought it was really interesting because this guy has been in everything from Dead Poets Society uh-huh, to uh-huh. White Fang. And when he was a little kid, he's been acting since he was a little kid. Right. You know, he was in the movie Training Day with Denzel oh, Washington yeah, right. and all that's these right. movies. And of course, Uma Thurman, she's a very famous actress as well. They were in, is it, uh, Galactica or something. I forget what it's called. Gattaca. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were in that together. But I'm like, are you serious? Their minds are getting blown. <gasps> She's, what? Okay, you're going to love this one. You ready? About 10 or 12 years ago, Kanye West did a song with, I think it was Rihanna. Yeah, I think it was Rihanna. Okay. It was Kanye West and Rihanna featuring Paul McCartney. <laughs> and you would imagine. not believe the tweets. I don't know who this Paul McCartney is, but his <laughs> his music about to blow up thanks to Kanye. <laughs> Kanye doing him a favor. Paul McCartney's career about to blow up. And I'm going, everybody's going, he's a beetle. This is a stinking beetle we're yeah. talking about. And they don't know it. You know what? Uh, if Elvis Presley was still around, I'm sure he, <laughs> there'd be moments there too. Oh, man. Uh, you mean the king of rock and roll? Oh, yeah. We know who Elvis is. Goodness. But yeah, it just, it proves there you are in that in-between stage of life. Uh-huh, and I remember uh-huh. my parents would talk about, you know, certain artists or whatever. And I'd be like, who? Well, and that's the thing. You, you don't know who this person is? You have like Da Vinci and Napoleon and different people that have gone through his George Washington that will just always be there. But for most people, and I'm talking about <laughs> even the most famous people ever, like you bring up uh, Fatty Arbuckle. Okay. Seriously. Yeah. Biggest radio star ever uh-huh. in the 20s, 30s, whenever that was. Have you even heard that name? Most people have it. So it just yeah, proves. Sounds like an insult. That eventually legacy mm-hmm. goes away. Yeah. And I was just talking to a friend. So legacy good. lasts a lot longer than money. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Because, you know, you you want to be, you want to have the morals and you want to follow what's right. And, and you, th- there's eventually a number shouldn't be there mm-hmm. with money. Mm-hmm. But even legacy itself when that's all I'm seeking, right. it will fade. People in 10, 20, 100 years will not remember me. Keep talking about leaving a legacy. You know, and I hope it's genuine, but when Ethan Hawke got wind of this viral situation that is just blowing up, like, I can't believe that's her dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just kept it easy. He's like, look, it's happened my whole life. Oh, you're that guy. Oh, oh you're that guy. And he's like, and it's fine. It I actually see that. Because I know Ethan Hawke, but I don't, 
quite understand what I've seen him in. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, I know yeah. the purge, like, oh, yeah, and I'm just that. trying to think about what else I've seen him in, and, but I know the name. I know there's a creepy movie coming out with him, like the black phone or something. I Ooh, it looks bananas. Oh, but, great. Yeah, but I just... I saw that article late last night. I thought, oh, I'm there. I'm there with that generation. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Really? Wow. I know, right? It's interesting when it hits you, but anyway. Okay, we asked a question last Mm -hmm. week, and those uh, the incredible Cargip talking points, it's got questions for family, for couples, and for Christians. And so there was one that we didn't get to. We're like, we'll do this next week. And it was three questions that you'd like to ask God. Yes. Now, this is almost a different take on, all right, if you were only allowed to have... Three people at a very special dinner banquet, and mm. they could be living, could be dead. Who would those three people be? And like you almost, someone would reject your Christian card if you didn't put Jesus as one of right, them, right? Right, Of course, he would be a totally fascinating character. Why wouldn't you say that? But um, okay, so this is three questions you would ask God. And we were just talking to a friend, and, and he went pretty deep pretty quickly. So it wasn't, do brownies count? That, why do brownies, why do, calories? Why do calories exist? <laughs> Why did calories have to exist? That's a that's a really good one. I, I always told my Sunday school teacher, I would ask, because it's just like the things that you want to know. Mm-hmm. Is there life on Mars? Who killed Kennedy? Just uh, yeah. some of these mysteries of life that it's like, it's going to be answered. Well, it's either going to be answered like that or we're never going to think about it again because it's not a big deal yeah. once we're in the presence of God. Uh, this is a big one. <laughs> and this one I think will be explained to us or, or we'll just know. Our friend said, why did God create Satan if God is all-knowing yeah. and all-powerful and a great question. could have just chosen to not create Satan? There would never be a fall. There would never be an influence in the Garden of Eden for yeah. evil. Would have saved us some hurt, right? Doesn't that sound like that? But I think it's what gives God the most glory. It's You think about Doctor Strange in Avengers, yeah. and he goes through the 14 million different scenarios, and there's only one that's going to work, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yet right after that, everybody turns to dust, and Th- Thanos seems to win, and there's one scenario that's truly going to be the best outcome. And even though I can't By the way, we fathom, apologize. Nerd, nerd. For any, no, just like if you haven't watched those movies yet. You oh just- my gosh, it's been four years, okay? It's been four years since that one. <laughs> Get over it yourself if you haven't seen the second biggest grossing movie in history. And Darth Vader is Luke's father. Oh, I was going to watch that. Come on. That's from 1978 or whatever it is. Uh, okay, so. No. 1980. That's <laughs> no. what it is. What is it? What's what's Empire Strikes it's, Back? I think it's 84. That long? No, that's not 77 true. was the no, original Star I, Wars. We, we digress. Let's move forward. I'm going to look it up now that you're it's saying it because I don't know. I'm calling it. It's 80. Right. Okay, so I think it's, and I don't understand it. I really don't understand it because you think what gives God the most glory is him obviously being perfect and then creating everything that was perfect. But with a free will choice, I think him knowing, okay, people now have the option to be with me or Mm. not. I'll stir their hearts, but they have the option to be with me or not. And I think it's that one scenario that God allowed to happen and and any outcome, this is the one that he gets the most glory. Mm. I, I, that's what I think. Yeah. But that's why there's evil, I, I still wrestle with it. So, by the way, 1980. Ah! Very good. 80, I don't know why I was thinking about The Return of the Jedi. But, of course, you're right. It was well, Empire Strikes Back. That was 83, yeah. so you're still wrong. No. That was 83, yeah. Okay. So, I don't know where 84 came from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing my age. Where's Ethan Hawke? Yeah, I was, 
<laughs> now that was Dead Poet Society year, I believe. Uh, no, I no. know that for what sure. What was that? Eighty eight. Uh, it doesn't matter. All right, the, all right. But uh, you know, instantly when when our friend asked that question, uh, do you really truly have somebody's allegiance if they have not fought battles alongside you to know that you're worth fighting for or with? Hmm. You know, I. I can throw around, around the word love a whole lot, but love looks like taking care of a parent that's dealing with dementia, who throws things at you and calls you bad names and doesn't remember you're their daughter. Mm. Love is, is taking care of them through that. How do you know that it stands the test if it's not tested? Mm. So I feel that God knowing everything, knew what would happen, what was in man, knew that a choice would be given, and thus created a loophole from the beginning mm -hmm. through his son Jesus, and knew. And we've talked about how it kind of is chronicled in Genesis. We see that there is going to be one from your line, Adam and Eve, that will be the, well, he'll undo the things that you undid. How about that? Mm, mm -hmm. He'll give you an, an out. And it was Jesus. And uh, it says that a serpent will bite at his heel and he will crush its head. And there's this incredible, what? What, is this, what does this all mean? And then there's prophecies that come about it. And then we see the person of Jesus Christ and you see, yeah, a serpent bit his heel, that's for sure. He died on a cross but he crushed its head mm. through his death on that cross because he took over control that death had control over us. Yeah, yeah. And saved us through his own death. Well, and have you ever, you know, because I think I, I know there's still questions for people, for or skeptics especially, but why would God allow all the bad to happen? And I, I just, what yeah. comes to mind constantly is, and I again, I'm going to say I don't know, but what comes to mind constantly is when you have a young kid mm -hmm. and you let them learn a hard lesson mm -hmm. and you know, it's just, I mean, especially like kindergarten, first grade and has to do with whining and it has to do with, nope, this is the lesson. And you let them go through it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you maybe let your high school student fail high school. You got to learn a hard lesson. You're going to have to go back and do it that year again, whatever it might be. And because God is bigger than death, this, this life, as we, even as we know it, you know, you get to be a little older and you go, man, it went by like that. Yeah. God knows it goes by. It is like that. <laughs> it is a vapor as the, the Bible describes. He created time. He knows. <laughs> so then you have all of this eternity mm -hmm. and that's the big deal. Mm -hmm. And this is so short and finite and it'll be, what is that Shane and Shane song? When death is a memory, mm. where the banks of eternity and death is a memory. And all we'll do is be going forward. I think that's how he can have the, uh, I'm sure somebody would ask, how does God have the goal to be able to allow this and this and this in this world? Yeah. Because it's so insignificant. You have to see past the end of your nose on every subject, on everything. Uh. It's so hard to do that, to see outside your bubble. The pain that it hurts. I mean, the pain that you're going through, it hurts. Mm. And it feels like a prison sometimes in your own mind when you're dealing with grief, loss, all that suffering. Yeah. 
And so, all right, bigger picture, uh, we, I think we've even talked about like the aerial shots, you know, we can't see up close right. the things that you have a good perspective on per se, but God holds us, first of all, it's amazing how he's, he's infinite. So he can do this. He can hold us close while he keeps us in perspective mm. and keeps the situation in perspective and knows that I can work this for good for you because you love me and I've called you according to my purpose. Yeah. And so I can take what was meant for evil and somehow bring about good in the midst of your pain and there will be purpose in it if you allow me to use it in some way to bring me glory, maybe in another person's life, because you've been there, you can help others when they're about to be there. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, it, nobody has all the answers with that kind of thing. That would be my next question. It, mine, and we'll get to our, our friend has a couple very, very interesting ones, a couple more to share. But um, I want to know all of the answers. I want to know what did the Bible mean when it says, because you've argued so much, even within Christians, right? Like you want all the Bible answers? I want, what did this verse mean? People okay. use it this way uh -huh. to say this, or they say it doesn't, that's not the context. It doesn't mean that. It means this. And I want to know without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. I want the black and white. I want what did, there's sick of this gray area. Well, you know, I want to know what it meant. I think that's a lovely lofty thought. And I think it would be really hilarious if God, if you asked him straightforward, you said, does it mean this or does it mean this? If he just went, yes. Well, and on some <laughs> things, on some things, it definitely it won't because people misuse it, right? Right. But that's on true. some things where it's like, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. And you're like, oh, but, but that's, what? no, that's not finite. Well, and then he would probably combat my frustration with what is finite to you, my love? I created the foundations of this world. Mm -hmm. And what you can only, again, can you see past your own nose? This is what I understand, though. This is what I know. This is my knowledge. That's great. Did you know I created the world in less than, in like six days? Do you know that I did that? Yeah. I created everything you know in less than a week. I think this is getting me more riled up. Oh, is it? <laughs> I'm just going, the author meant something. Yeah, he did. What did it mean? So there are narratives in scripture that are collections of stories. And it's important to hold that close to your heart when you read through those narratives, that there are things that to us contextually will not make sense, that we have to kind of do some history homework and go, well, what was happening back in those days? Sure, sure. That there are times where, yes, God speaks and he does not stutter. And there are times where you read through a passage of scripture and unless you have contextual understanding, historical context, it will be so negative when you read it. You're like, <gasps> right, right. Oh, that's very disturbing that I just read that. You no, don't don't do that. So, um, I've heard it said if you're of the ilk that it's like the Bible came down from heaven on a golden platter. You are going to be as you read from cover to cover, very undone at times by what you read, or you look at it as a historical document that has been inspired by God, written by people that he has chosen to use. Mm -hmm. And you you just have an understanding as you're reading that going, okay, I have to hold this all loosely. What do I know? Can I see the themes throughout the story that are hugely woven together throughout the scriptures? Sure, yeah. And I hang on to those themes that God loves his people, wants to partner with those people 
for his glory and his purpose, does not give up on his people, right. brings his son into the picture to die for these people. We have to hold those things dear when we read things that might be a little disturbing. And and to your point, there are some even theological things that the people who have done the research and studied the context and know the Greek or know the Hebrew there's disagreement even there. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, there's going to be some things where somebody's going to be wrong sure. or whatever. Uh, but uh, to well, also what you just said, 70, 80% of the Bible is read through it, mm-hmm. see exactly the theme because it's it's it was all put in as scripture for a reason. Yeah, the yeah. Bible wasn't one book originally, but it was all put for a reason. The theme is... God chose a people mm-hmm. and then God chose, God came as a redeemer for all people. He chose a people for his redeemer to come from, but he chose all people. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So all yeah. nations will be blessed through this chosen group of people. Mm. So that doesn't mean that one group is better than another because he loves all of his kids, but he chose out of the nation of Israel that his son would come from um, and that, and that through his son, all yeah. could be redeemed. Uh, so speaking of redeemed, the second uh, question that our friend this is just right before that we was started the recording first this. question. We're on number well, two. Well, we we added a couple there, well, but uh, this is of our friends. How far is too far when it comes to people that clearly don't have a relationship with Jesus? Are they salvageable? And and then, but I've messed up. I've turned from God. I'm not done with the first question. I just realized. Wow. Well, this is, uh, we're going to tease that question next <laughs> here on the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Okay. Now back to Rochelle. So I want to talk about and uh, the Apostle Paul, because I was just sitting here thinking about this guy who had, he had the skill set, like he had a certain special, certain, what is it, set of skills? I got a certain set of skills. <laughs> he, he knew the law backwards and forwards. His teacher was Gamaliel, who had, I mean, like he, that name got brought up in the book of Acts. Like people would be like, oh yeah, that guy. It would have been like bringing up, I don't know, a, a name commonly known around. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> uh, somebody very, very knowledgeable knowledgeable in the law. We have talked about the 613 some odd laws in um, the first uh, that are listed in Torah. And so Paul was very knowledgeable in these. And when he was taken to task by his own people, like now he's, He's come onto the side of Jesus Christ, but it took some doing because Jesus actually has to show up on a road in front of him while he is on his way to Damascus to take out more Christians in whatever way, shape, or form necessary, whether that was imprisonment or death. Um, Jesus had to show up and then it transforms everything. Explain that. So you're wanting people to have, I think he is the perfect person to point to in scripture. He's still the same guy. And I just read this chapter this morning, the book of Acts. Um, I can't remember. It was 22-ish. I can't remember. But he is taken to taken out by his own people in a sense. And it's the Roman Empire actually comes in and kind of swoops him out of this riotous type almost situation. And he is ushered into, uh, well, you know, the court's of kings if you will there's a governor named felix that he's brought in front of and he states his case he's like i still adhere to the laws of the old testament my my people claim i don't but i do except see i recognize that the one who was prophesied about 
is the person of Jesus Christ. And then he connects all these dots for people listening who may or may not, Felix actually was married to a Jewish woman, may or may not have recognized some of the laws that he claimed to know very well. And he did know very well. So I I find it interesting if there's a person out there who checks all the boxes with the old stuff, you know, that's comfortable with the old stuff and then is totally able on a dime to change to this person of Jesus Christ, dedicating his life mission to being imprisoned for years and traveling all over the only known world at the time. (laughs) There's something real supernatural happening there. And it's, he didn't, Paul was not one of those guys that came off like a lunatic, very smart and could hang with the scholars of the day, the other people who could talk the talk. So when people come along and they say, oh, it looks like this, Paul could come along easily and say, "Mm, I got to differ with you on that. I just find that fascinating. Well, and what's hard is because then we, we can do the same things with what they said, but what happened between the actual law and what was intended with Moses, uh-huh. old, old Testament. Yes. And then what had happened in the thousands of years or yeah, thousands of years that led to Jesus, uh-huh. you had had men add on things yes. that weren't said. Yeah. And at first maybe a good intention. And so it'd be like, um, I'm trying to think if the rule was you can't climb a tree. Well, men came on and, and, you know, maybe let's, I'm making this one up. This is not in the Bible. Men can't climb a tree. Let's say the commandment was. Zacchaeus was in prison. I, he was right there. That's why Jesus needed the freedom of Jesus right there. Um, <laughs> let's say the rule was you could, you can't climb a tree. Okay. And the intention from God was because you might fall out and die. Okay. Well, what men did was come in and, and add and go just to make sure that our hearts don't even get tempted with that. You can't touch a trunk, okay? You can't even touch a trunk of a tree. Mm. See, men did that, all right? And so then you have the same men come in and condemn a woman or whoever for leaning up against a tree just trying to get shade. Mm -hmm. How dare you? You have broken the law. You hate God. You blah, blah, blah. And here's Jesus going, you hypocrite. Mm. God never told you not to touch a trunk. Your rule in the beginning might have been for a good purpose because God warns you about what can happen when you climb a tree, but you idiot. It's not, and I'll, Jesus didn't say idiot. He did say, he did say brood of vipers. It was pretty bad. And Who eat their own mothers? Is that what it is? The, something the like that. comes out of the mind. And know. whitewashed tombs and all of that. I don't know. Like, yeah, I think and, those were sayings back in the day. Yeah, they were. And they were bad. I mean, that was that, like, that would cause a kerfuffle, Like right? son of a biscuit. Or yes. Like I don't know. And so you have Jesus going... God never said, don't lean against a trunk of a tree. You added that and you're pious about it. And so we can, we do have the ability, we're man, we're messed up. We do have the ability to do that now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, I don't know, dance in church or whatever, right? Sure. But we do have more clarity than, than they did. We do have the luxury of having the exact words of the Messiah, and so we do have more clarity where mm-hmm. now we do, it's it's so hard because we can go that way, but we also live in a culture that goes, well, Jesus actually meant this. And you go, he didn't say that. Yeah. And so it's a real, the dichotomy of fighting the battle of a strictness of going, no, I'm going to live and die by the words of Jesus. To 
Uh, I don't want to add. In fact, this is great. This is so great. What's you ready great? for this? You're going to love this, Tell Rochelle. Me. You have my friend Taylor. He posted this. It was a quote from somebody, and I'll, I'll give them the credit too. Taylor said, Taylor has gone to Bible school, all of that. He can be, uh, he's certainly somebody I assume, I've never met him. <laughs> he's a Facebook friend. And he's, he's somebody that I can assume be very strict, very mm-hmm. like, this is the context, this is the thing. Yeah. But he said this from a guy named Michael J. Figgle. Oh, um, I thought you were going to say Fox. I know, right? Theology 101. Those who are passionate about not adding things to the gospel mm-hmm. must be equally passionate about not leaving things out. Mm-hmm. And where the strictness can go, no, Jesus didn't say that, your movement, this culture, this, you know, whatever it is that people people want to say, Jesus would be marching for this cause and Jesus would be doing this. No, here's the strictness. Jesus said this, this is the context. I also don't want to forget to remind people how radical Jesus is and the love Mm -hmm. and the forgiveness and getting to that next question that our friends share, how far is too far? Well, but, but this is, this is all in the same, this is all all in the same same boat because you brought up Paul. I did. He seemed to be too far gone. Mm -hmm. He seemed to be too far gone. And that had a whole other discussion of theology does God just save you right where you at mm-hmm. and you don't have a choice? Cause he seemed to do it with Paul and, and how far is too far? I don't think that's for me to judge, but what I have to do mm-hmm. is show the radical love of Christ while also falling in line with his truth. Mm-hmm. I fight against culture, but I also f- f- fight against my own piousness yeah. and adding things just to have a strictness. Yeah. I liked what you said. I I don't think that's for me to determine. About somebody else and if they're too far gone. Now, I will say when you said that, it made me think, is there ever an instance where I'm allowed to be, you know, determining stuff? You know what? If you are close to a person that you see is going down a path Mm -hmm. and you feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to disassociate from this person. Sure. They are not in a place to receive anything from you. You are too close to this and they're going to either A, drag you down with them. Right. Or B, it's just, but I don't know that there is a B. But you're, no, but you're talking about the determination. I'm talking about, yeah. And, and we, and it's not us for determined. We, we, you know, want to make logical wisdom choices mm-hmm. about not being associated with that person if they're going down a bad road, but we never stop praying for them. Never stop praying for that person. But I, I do know that, that there are certainly perhaps you're living in one of them right now where you're like, feel like they're too far gone in terms of anything that I as a mortal human being can do. Mm-hmm. And God's asking me to back off. Yeah. Because maybe there's somebody else around the corner that God can place. Hey, we're not the be all and end all um, person that he can send. Right. God's got a lot of people that love him and want to serve him. And he can orchestrate another person to come alongside that individual that you love so much that you are praying for. And more times than not, I feel like it's a person that's going to be on the outside of the bubble that has to come alongside. Because if you, isn't this true for, this is married people get all kinds of flack. You live with a person long enough. You start tuning them out, right? You don't mean to, you love them. You just did you say something? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just... Uh, or you work with somebody. I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just here a lot. Yeah. Right. You start kind of tuning them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, how much more accurate is that for somebody who doesn't really want to hear anything you had to say anyway? So, 
I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall. Well, you very well may be hitting a proverbial brick wall with that individual. And so there may be a point in time where they're quote too far gone for, for somebody that you may be able to help persuade or influence, mm-hmm. but don't ever stop praying because God is a miraculous God and there could be somebody else that's brought alongside. But the, the Bible does elude to the people who are at a place where they have completely rejected God in some way they have um, abused the Holy Spirit. They've rejected him. They've done the, uh, the unforgivable sin, which is to um, blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And so, and I was fascinated that a lot of theologians are still confused on exactly what that, what that looks like. And you know what? I think as a person who loves other people who you know are lost, don't ever assess to the point where you've given up, like Carter said. Don't ever say, well, they're in that category. Mm-hmm. They're too far gone. Because how many times have we seen the person sitting on death row who has been the murderous person who... People saw demons in their eyes before they committed horrible acts. That was the son of Sam. I don't know if you're familiar with that story. He became a Christian. He is a Christian in prison. It's it's amazing what God can do. He can transform any one of us. He has transformed. Hopefully you've said yes to Jesus. And uh, you may be like, well, I'm not a psycho killer. But you know what? You start to see in your mindsets and the way that you you talk and you speak from it, it, it does transform. It has nothing to do with me. It's the spirit of Christ in me mm. that does these things. And I, I love that you, you were talking about Jesus being a radical. You know, I have been reading in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament and just frustrated. David was such a great guy in so many ways, but he was such a human being. He's a human. And so, yeah, he gets props because he had a whole heart for God mm-hmm. and he loved God so much. But it's like he never he never asked, hey, should I get married to a bunch of women? Right, right. Like it was yeah. a, a very common in that time to do so. But just because it's common in the time, should I do it? Mm. That's a question we should ask ourselves a lot right now. Just because everybody else is doing it, should I be doing that? I don't, I don't want to. You know why? Why? Because that means I'm going to have to quit speeding. <laughs> Uh, I want to, <laughs> you know, but not you, quite the same thing. But. Well, you get a ticket for speeding. If you get married to a bunch of women, pretty soon one of those women is not going to like another one of the women that you married. I'm just you're stereotyping. <laughs> you're stereotyping. So I, I just found it really frustrating. First of all, that I'm reading about all these women. He, there's this situation, you know, when he uh, is in the battle with Goliath. We talked about this a little bit ago. And I'll try to go through it quick. I'll give you a short history lesson, but um, or do my best to. So Saul has this thing where he's like, hey, anybody who kills Saul, you know. Did he sound like this? I'm gonna, yeah. Kiss he talk like this. <laughs> Gomer Pyle was in the uh, Bible. Saul. <laughs> Hi, David. Are you doing a VeggieTales <laughs> bit? What is this? Well, I just went from like three different characters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will Shatner next to Saul. Oh, no, stop. Uh, so he was really, really needing Goliath to be destroyed because look, hey, we don't have to face the whole army. We just have to take out that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's over nine feet tall and all we have are like slingshots and sticks. Well, hey, you can use uh, you can use my armor and I'll let you marry my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. nice, right? You want to marry my daughter? 
Well, they, the guys were always talking about, it. hey, Jerry, Mary Saul's daughter, it'd be the princess, you know? So David, obviously, we know the story. He defeats Goliath. Well, he doesn't marry Michael, his Saul's daughter, right away. Mm. In fact, in fact, uh, the the daughter up for grabs, Saul like marries off to somebody else real quick, and then it's almost like Saul just forgot, like conveniently forgot. Oh yeah, but there's still a way you can marry my daughter if you want. It's, it's, there's this really, really, it freaked my son out story uh, in regarding to if you kill a hundred Philistines, then I'll let you marry my daughter. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you don't know the story, it's um, it's a little gruesome. Um, things get cut off and okay. brought to Saul. And David's like, you know what? Just to make sure, I'm going to go double or nothing. And he brings back 200 certain things that let the uh, let Saul know that this were these were not Hebrew men; these were Philistine mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. There's a certain feature that would be different for both categories of people. And to confirm that these were indeed Philistines, he brought back 200 pieces of this particular feature. Anyway, long story short, he does end up marrying Michael. And then another few years down the road, Saul tries to kill David. It's this whole thing. You talk about a reality show. You're like, this is made up. It's not. Mm-hmm. Like Saul tries to kill David and David runs away. And while he's running away, Saul's like, hey, Michael, I know you're already married to David and you're in love with him, but I'm going to marry you off to this guy over here. Which is gross. Michael's a woman. She's not a piece of property. Mm. She then spends however long with this other guy as her husband because her dad made her. And after King Saul dies, he's killed in battle and his sons die. They're killed in battle. Um, There's a situation set up where David is approached by the leader of Saul's army and says, you know what? I'm all about you being king now. Um, what do you think? And David said, you know what? If I get Michael back, give me Michael back. She's my wife. This is the first time I ever read this. And I thought, no, no, David's being gross. Mm. Because he was, I don't know. I don't know his heart in that moment. And maybe when I am in heaven, maybe that'll be one of the questions I ask. Hey, how did you really feel about her? Because he wanted her back for what purpose? She'd been living with this other guy for years and in fact, when they went to go get her from this guy's house, he followed them out the gate, crying his eyes out. Please don't take her. Please don't take her. Maybe they'd established a home. You know? Mm. We don't know. It's just sad. Jesus comes along and he fulfills the law that we can't do. I think that's why the law existed in the first place. It was a reminder that we're never going to, we're never going to cut it. Mm-hmm. We can't keep all these rules. We need somebody else who can do it for us in our stead. And that's why Jesus came. And how does he treat women? He acknowledges them, number one, mm-hmm. as people. Mary didn't get much of a backstory, did she? Mary didn't even really get a whole lot of room in the gospel texts of what happened after she started following Jesus. All we know is that she had seven demons cast out of her and Jesus healed her. But we also know this. She followed him throughout his three years of ministry, along with a bunch of other guys and some other women. She was the first woman, (laughs) human, who saw Jesus after his death. Mm -hmm. It was really important that that was written in scripture. And it was also kind of cool because it wasn't the guys 
who saw Jesus. And they didn't, quite frankly, believe that he was alive. But she was the first to see it. And I just think that's really cool. He acknowledged women as equals. He acknowledged them as people. And that was radical. Yeah. You read it all throughout the scripture. Even in the New Testament, you don't hear a lot of women mentioned. Paul mentions a lot of women because there was a lot of amazing women in the church that um, led in certain ways. And he really just applauded them for that. And that's great. And uh, I, I love that so much. I think if uh, the word feminist has a lot of negative connotations to it, but I feel like Jesus may have been the first one. Uh, well, okay. Don't yeah. put the negative not, in not, there. I was just saying, probably not even the, like the word nowadays is so. Should I remove that word completely? Because to be honest, I do not know all that that politically means. All I think about, and maybe how it first started was people who are for the rights of women. Mm. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Jesus was for women and he died for them as much as he died for men. Well, I think what's fascinating too, of just little, little like uh, if you have critics of saying Christianity was made up. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. What you do is present that, that women were the witnesses because <laughs> yeah. they in court had no say. And so for a bunch of guys to make up a story that Jesus came back to life, uh-huh. because like people accused the disciples sure. of making stealing sure. his body, and making it up for people to make up that, the women were the witnesses is the most idiotic thing that, that they have could have done. Super embarrassing, right? Because nobody would have believed them. Mm-hmm. And yet, if it's true, then you just got to say what happened. And that's obviously what happened. Well, and who saw Jesus first? It was the women. Yep. If they made it up, they would have been, <laughs> Peter would have been like, me. And then John would have been like, well, I beat you to see. <laughs> um, so, okay, last one. Uh, this is uh, the the three questions, and I didn't know this could be the whole episode, but this could be the whole episode today. It's just great, great uh, conversation. Uh, again, three questions that you would ask God if you could ask him anything, and this mm. is what the last one our friend said. He said, this is more of a silly one uh, compared to, it's not as deep theologically as the other two, but it's still like, man, we all might feel this one the most. Are there pets in heaven? Are our pets in heaven? And Nobody can say yes or no for sure on this, but I have the inkling, the Bible does say there are animals in heaven. Mm-hmm. And if we all, if we all would have been in the garden of Eden, there would have been, there, there were a lot of animals in the garden of Eden. And I'm just thinking all things made new. I say yes, but n- nobody can point to a verse and know okay. for sure. And I want to say, I want to revise what you just said. You said nobody can say for sure whether animals will or will not be. Right. I want to say nobody should say for sure mm-hmm. whether animals will be or not be. Okay. And here's why. We get so... <sighs> the word pious has come up a lot. Mm-hmm. We think we've got it pegged when it comes to scripture. Even I was like... And I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to say I've never been like, and this is what this means, 100%, and I know this for sure. Look, anytime I start going down that path, unless it's clear absolutes, like Jesus Christ lived, died, rose again for me. If we believe in him, then we will have eternal life. These are absolutes Mm -hmm. that I can hang my, my faith hat on every time. But all the other stuff, the stuff that doesn't 100% get addressed in scripture, come on. We have got to hold these kinds of things loosely in our hearts, in our minds, be open and understand where people might be emotionally if they're going through a tragic loss with an animal. 
and say, for the love, <laughs> based on what? Well, based on what are you going to tell me one way or another? And, and I am in full agreement with Carter. I feel that, in fact, I, I liked what our friend had to say about Eden. The garden was full of animals. The job of man was to name them. Mm -hmm. If we were not connected to animals in some precious way where we get to see the love of a dog or any kind of pet for that matter, if, if I feel so attached and my heavenly father sent his son to die for me, why would he not want to allow his daughter to have a little fluff ball in heaven for eternity? I think you have a lot of hopeful people in this camp. And for some reason, there's people that go, nope, no, animals don't have souls, which, which I agree with. Uh, but I just don't know why quite that needs to be shared, when, especially if somebody's mourning a loss. Now, I'll tell you my awkward story. And say the difference between spirit and soul, because they are different. I don't know the difference. So a soul, I believe, is the one that is connected to your eternity. Your spirit is like your own individualistic personality i would like to 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 go back and actually define that better maybe in the next podcast you can't tell me though that your dogs don't have different personalities though right oh so certainly personality I yes i think we kind of um one we overlap one thought with the other so immediately it's like well yes my dog has a soul because look at the way that he you know yeah. he would come and bring my slippers and stuff like that it's like wait 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 so there's a difference. I think there's a well, personality situation there. Let me get to my awkward story, and I think we'll make what a soul is pretty clear. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, you need to hear this, because, Rochelle, I don't know if I've told you this one before. All right? My friend in college, and she, I think she went to church, wasn't strong in her faith. You were being so guarded with your words right now, your face. I don't think she's a Christian. Okay. And yet when, you know, often, and for all of us, too, even believers, when we kind of just living the status quo and something bad happens, we run to God. <laughs> well, her animal was sick. I No, I don't even think it was. I think she just did this. She told me one day that she baptized her dog. And I laughed. So she's not a believer, but she baptized her dog. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's a... Again, I'm being very guarded and it's just hard to describe. It's one of those people you have to know. Yeah. She's not living her faith at the very least, okay? <laughs> I know you don't want to condemn her and you don't want to be judgmental. But she's not living her faith. Okay. I mean, I can tell you that. I'm the only one that knows her. You don't even know her name. <laughs> and I'm talking to everybody here. Because uh, sometimes people call us and be like, well, maybe they meant... No, I was there. I know what they meant. <laughs> Hold on. I'm the only one in the story. Um, so she baptized her dog and I laughed because I thought she was kidding. <laughs> I thought she was joking. Yeah. And she had the most sincere look on her face and she goes, why are you laughing? Yeah. And I go, it's your dog. <laughs> like they don't have, like there's nowhere that it says that dogs need to believe in the name of Jesus yeah. and be baptized is a, a public act of obedience. Uh -huh. They go to obedience school, but this is a public act of right, obedience for right. a dog. And um, she was dead serious about it. And so that's where I would say, I, we need to do separate to this just thing of yeah. this. And I get it. I've heard it. And I know it's just for comfort. Yeah. But the rainbow bridge thing is not theological. It's okay. a nice thought. It's not the, there's no actual right, right. thing there. Yeah. And so some of this that does get brought in gets a little kooky. If, if we think it's real yeah. theological stuff, I think simply it'd be like this. 
I do believe dog, my dog, Vincent and Shannon, my childhood dog will be in heaven. And I think they'll just be there. I think they'll just be there when I'm there. Or maybe it's after everything is restored and the final resurrection and all is brought back to life. Mm. I don't know, but I do know we don't need to ride on anything theologically and Mm. give Bible lessons to a dog. That's where I'd say soul is exclusively to humans. That's really good. Um, you looking up the difference? Yeah, I was trying to look up the difference between the soul and spirit because I wanted to make sure that I was saying it uh, the way that I've heard it posed before because people are like, wait, what? What does that mean? There is this great quote from C.S. Lewis, though. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. Mm, yeah. Isn't yeah. that interesting? That's a good one. Um, but yeah, there's there's this part of you that is, I think, a great way to connect to, all right, is my soul saved? Is it what is going to heaven? Mm-hmm. But you have a spirit in you that gives you your own unique you. You know, it's a part of it. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, because you, you have the Holy Spirit, soul, uh, spirit, but- body, mind. You hear those addressed all in Scripture and as separate. And and there's there's a whole thing there. And I know I don't even know why we're trying to get into it with the dog. I'm sorry, I even brought it up, but I do want to approach it maybe. Maybe for an, another time, because I think it's worth exploring. It's an interesting question. What did the scripture mean when it separated those kinds of things? Well, some it, of them we it, can guess. It, does it separate soul and spirit in scripture? Or does it just say spirit, body, mind? We've had 14 gallons of coffee today, <laughs> and it's been a long day, so we're not for sure on anything. Yeah. This this may be, you know, if you hear it, listen to it quick, because it may be deleted. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know anything they were talking about that, that episode. With all your heart soul mind and strength mind and strength well what do you think the mind is uh well i mean I think he's given us case, a, a conscience a logic a, a a a human wisdom yeah there maybe that's what i'm associating with spirit yeah okay so okay. what makes you you is your mind okay all right yeah right? yeah we are certainly we're created uniquely mm-hmm. and i would i would like you said with dogs i would i would say that too yeah, yeah they've you got their find quirks exactly. and different things and so i think that's why it's very easy for a friend like yours to go to a place of well they have a spirit or they, something yeah like uh-huh. they, well their spirit their little mind that's their own individual person uh-huh. they must have a soul because i see it in them they're spunky and i i do that's that's why i think why people so easily lead to this place of yeah. well, absolutely yeah. They have to be in heaven because look at my dog and they're going to be there or they have souls or whatever it is. And so why, so the, I'm only bringing that up as to why if you're of the ilk, yes, they're going to be in heaven. Why are you questioning this? Because in scripture, it does not say that we are going to have our, our pets with us again. It doesn't visit that. It does talk about animals in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without doubt, we know that they will be there. My conclusion is I land here perfectly. Look, I know that in heaven, everything is perfect. There's no more tears. Every tear will be wiped away, right? There's no grieving. There's joy. There's love. There's an understanding of peace. And so when I associate those types of things in my life, sometimes moments with these pets that God has given us to remind us of his unconditional love, those pop up in there. So to me, why wouldn't there be yeah. pets in heaven is where I kind of land. Uh, I'm you know a, what I mean? I'm a moderate on most things. I mean, just anything. I try to see two points, you know, both points. 
Uh, so I, if it's a scale of one to 10, I'd be a five on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm a seven or an eight on, on this, on yeah. the, there being pets in heaven. I just can't go to that. You know, if you extreme one end, extreme the other end, sure. you, we can't make up things that are theologically not true, and, but yeah, we can hope yeah. for the best. Like you said, just following in line with God's character. If every tear is wiped away mm-hmm. and there is no more death, there is no more pain. Then it is something like an animal that was quite honestly, in a lot of ways here for me. Yeah. But I get and, and like, right. like Eden, you know, the, the animals were there for Adam and Eve. And it's like, if, if this dog Benson, mm-hmm. I missed dearly, it was here for me and there's no more death. There's no more pain. And there's a final resurrection. I'm just, like you said, you just kind of put all those things yeah. together. And yeah. that's why I kind of lean the way that I do. So there's an expression of unconditional love there from our God through our pets. And so we connect to that. Yeah. And so yeah. that, yeah, I, that's why I asked the question. No one could, maybe we should change those kinds of questions. If they're not like a finite, uh, absolute in my Christian belief system, yeah. that I hold it loosely, as I often say, I hold this loosely. Should I be even bothered by this either way? And if you have fun debating these things with people and it doesn't well, get you all riled up, then go for it. Well, this one though is just such a, if you're on the other side, it's just such a fun sucker attitude. <laughs> I think that's why I'm like, no, I don't like the other side. Yeah, well, <laughs> you find out quickly the people that you're, you know, compatible with, right? Right, that's you true. These kinds of guys. Nope, when you're dead, you're dead. And buried. <laughs> that's that. See, old yeller. That's depressing. All right, this is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We thank you so much for hanging out with us here weekly, anywhere you get your podcasts, and of course at HopeOnDemand.com, along with other podcasts you can check out: The Art of Friendship and Welcome to Texas. A bunch of encouragement at HopeOnDemand.com.